on this episode of Movies from My Life, our most offensive conversation since our discussion on the Terminator films. The topic, film adaptations of Alan Moore comics. The opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of Movies from My Life or its affiliates. Okay, so this is Nick. Hey. This is Devin. Hey. I'm Brandon. And this is our conversation on Alan Moore film adaptations. Now, we're strictly sticking to the live-action film adaptations. And um, even though technically the film, Constantine, isn't... Full adaptation. It yeah. is his character. It's his character. He uh, made it for Swamp Thing. John Constantine makes his first appearance in Swamp Thing, and then they they gave him his own comic. Uh, <clears throat> so we're we're going to allow it because it is a an Alan Moore character. So just to go over real quickly, we're allowing uh, 2001's From Hell, um, 2003's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, then we're going to do um, Watchmen v for Vendetta and Constantine. Cool. Fair. Yeah. All right. Um. So the other thing that I had gentlemen do before we started was to um, rank the films so that we can reference back to it throughout the episode so that we can argue <laughs> about it. Um, <clears throat> but what, what I'd like to do, if that's okay, we're going to do two segments and we'll split up all the movies. Uh, um, we'll go best to – or no, sorry, we won't go best to worst. We'll go um, um, basically chronologically more or less, if that's okay. Um so I'd like to start off with, I guess, From Hell. Let's start from the Hell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so From Hell, the the 2001 adaptation, loose adaptation. Loose yeah. is the word to use. <laughs> yeah. On, uh, on, on Alan Moore's graphic novel, which uh, 89 to 92, the, the uh, comics came out, right? And then mm-hmm. 99, it was made in uh, – the full thing became available. Yeah, that thing was huge. I'm looking at you, Nick, because you, you – I'm, I'm the one who reads these things. <laughs> and even I couldn't even sit through that. That thing was massive. Yeah. Now, one thing uh, before we get into the actual film, I want to quickly say that this is number five on my list. This is, this is the worst one for me in terms of adaptation. Really? And – um, it's because I feel that the film missed the point of the graphic novel. Okay. Somewhat, yeah. The film, and there's a quote, and I, I don't have it, but from Alan Moore that essentially says that they turned my book into a, a whodunit kind of thing. And it's true to the extent that the uh, who the killer was in the in the comic didn't matter. They revealed it pretty quickly and it's inconsequential. It was more about the subject matter and the, the you know, kind of uh, how, how it was supposed to be thought-provoking. Well, like even, the, uh, the, the, the underlying film, context. It's terrible. Yeah. It's like, okay, halfway through the film, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll get, yeah. yeah no, we'll, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this. But yeah, where do you guys have this ranked, first of all? That's my number four. Yeah, I'd say it's at four for me as well. Okay, so it's pretty low on everyone's list. All right. It's in, That's the, good. it's in the bottom of the barrel. Not my least favorite Johnny Depp, though. He's pretty damn charming in it, all things considered. He's a druggie in it. Of course he's charming. <laughs> it's his everyday life. I, I wouldn't go that far. 
It was his everyday life in it like was. the early 90s. Yeah. Now all Johnny Depp is addicted to are multi-million dollar paychecks for garbage rehash sequels. <laughs> That's his vice And we have days. another one on the way, which is the sad part. Yeah. I don't what know how you, many times I can watch Captain Jack do something. Like, it was charming <laughs> at first, and the second one's like, okay, rehash. Third one, what the fuck are you doing? And it's like, okay, seriously, just <laughs> cut it out already. Disney, like, you made your money. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Black Mass was all right. Uh, I had some issues with the sound editing, the but we won't get into that either. Yeah, but the one thing you notice with Johnny Depp films, he's, char- he's a character actor. If you can get Yeah, he was miscast as a leading man. I'll concur yeah. with that entirely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so from hell... Uh, okay, so obviously the, 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 both the graphic novel and the film are, are loosely based on the, the Whitechapel murders mm-hmm. and Jack the Ripper. And uh, it's a case that that um, has captivated, you know, uh, people worldwide for forever. Yeah, even until now, like yeah. you'll still see documentaries, TV series are yeah. still based on this. It's incredible. Like there's theories everywhere. But mm-hmm. and what I love so much about what Alan Moore did with um, the the graphic novel and what didn't translate to screen. Um, was that, like I said, doesn't matter who the killer is, it's these underlying um, kind of subcontextual messages that he's injecting into it that are really just cues to to make you uh, take a look at the world and really make a, a thoughtful decision on how things are. One thing that comes to mind is... is uh, women and their uh, and their role at the time in society. You know, when you talk about the late 80s, it, you know, it's a, it's a huge... Uh, huge change in the workforce and um politics and well, culture one thing i and really notice about moore's writing is it's always a slow burn yeah he doesn't blow his wad like off the first chapter he makes you work for it absolutely mm. and and him delivering these kind of messages does that another thing obviously that we'll get into with watchmen is he he subscribes and and again i don't necessarily I'm saying all this like I'm Alan Moore's best friend. I don't really think a lot like Alan Moore. I don't personally kind of subscribe to a lot of the uh, the things that he he does in his personal life, and it, it's irrelevant because we're talking about his art, and uh, and and in that way, I, I think that he's a he's a very thoughtful and uh, um, honest uh, person. And and what I, where I was going was the the time travel, the idea that you see in Watchmen, where you know all things are happening on the same time, uh, you know, timeline for Dr. Manhattan or something like the Tralfamidorians almost in uh, Slaughterhouse-Five, things like that. And and that is is a part of the graphic novel as well here. We're talking about, uh, you know, this uh, this timeline that essentially started the decay of, of civilization at this point kind yeah. of thing and how it's all... And they use the line in the movie, like, I'll, I'll be remembered in the 20th century and... and Mm-hmm. he's not wrong right um and it, it, also like class divides and um uh privilege privileged uh society and uh entitlement and all these kind things are subcontext it also blends in like things that were happening at the time especially yeah this is a w- this is a graphic novel for the 80s mm-hmm. this isn't a rehashing of the story mm-hmm. you know he's taking characters and he's he's building a world based on on real uh, you know, uh, he's he's using characterizations of you know a real murder case mm-hmm. and and expanding on well, that world. And he's not the first to do it, but he's it is bringing in other elements of the time, especially with the Elephant Man. 
Yeah, yeah. Brings him into it. Yeah. Especially in the movie. Like that one scene where it's like all the doctors are looking at him in like that old school auditorium. Mm-hmm. All the medical heads of like a higher society will – and he's on display for everybody to see. Yeah, and that's where I uh, – that's where my my big problem – lies with the film is this whole conspiracy theory nonsense you know commingling with the whodunit thing there's just something wrong with it just feels so unnatural to me because if you're going to make a film that that has um uh, that you're you're basing it on on true events to some extent but you're you know you're You're twisting it yeah you're 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 telling your own story still then i i it should seem very organic. It should seem like one mind, and it does kind of seem like this, this, uh, this person like flipping through the comics and going, ah, "I don't like that. Ah, I don't like that." What well, fuck you? It's like somebody who watches the movie before they read the book. It's like, eh, what the fuck is this? The movie yeah. was like that, and that's why Alan Moore at the time, like, it wasn't from hell. They started taking his name. It was after League. It's like, okay, you know what? I've had enough. Yeah, it was after what, League. If yeah. you, you guys, have, you guys can take the right. Was it after V? No, because they because they originally it's on V, but then for the DVD release they it's they not. Said no, yeah. yeah, because he started like, okay, I don't want my name on any of it. This is not my work. If you guys want to take my story and twist it, that's fine. Just keep me out of it. Yeah. yeah. While we're on that though, he is. And he's very is, blunt. Like, <laughs> you ever hear him speak? Is he's blunt? He gets yeah. straight to the point. I kind of like it. <laughs> he's ballsy. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he's also it, it doesn't make a lot of sense a lot of the time. And 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 some people credit that to his personal beliefs and and um, his kind of uh, him running from from the material and all of these things. I understand that, but my problem is that he was in a very different mindset when he sold the rights to these films as he is now. And I don't think that it's fair to go back and, and, and it's like what we talk about when we say like, uh, we, we criticize films for retconning stuff in, you know, for him to go back and pretend like, Oh, you know, these studios told me that they were going to be hundred percent faithful. It's a fucking lie, you know? And, and it's a pipe dream if he thinks that is the case, you know? So over the years, the press I've read with him is very inconsistent, but he's entitled to his opinion. But then again, look at the time period where these films came out. It's when every studio is buying up options on every comic they can get their hands on. They were trying to recreate. The early 2000s were just They were trying to recreate the success of Spider-Man. And they took whatever the hell they can. Like, people might like this one. Oh, they might like this one. Mm-hmm. But they chose. Uh, but for his films, it's like, okay, well, I like this story element, but I don't like this story element. Give it to some, like, a, a room full of, like, interns. Okay, write me a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll pay you in a sandwich. <laughs> and with a lot of these other franchises, while they've changed hands so so often that that I mean, you can pick and choose because mm-hmm. there are elements too, like a Spider Man or a Superman or something like that, where, yeah. that have changed so much over the years. Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, a lot of Alan Moore projects are just start to finish more. Like you, you know, he, he's he's it's it's been his baby for so long mm-hmm. that that. Um, he never intended it to be a film. He intended it to be a book, and he intended it yeah. to be a one-off. Like some people, they go into a project. Like I'm pretty sure we've all seen the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Towards the end of that film, it's like okay, it leads you into like, will there be a sequel? Won't there be a sequel? And that's where Moore's like, there are sequels to the books, but this isn't the story that I wrote. Don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. And you killed a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll get we'll get into league <laughs> oh, in a minute. Oh my god, we can we? Okay, but I do want to just quickly go back over. Okay, so there are similarities with this one, as you will get into obviously with Constantine. There's very little, or there there is similarities, but it's kind of two story arcs mm, melded. Absolutely. Right? So with with from hell, like okay, so everyone or not everyone, but a lot of people who are really interested in the case, they they recognize all the character names. So they recognize Prince Eddie. They recognize um uh, <laughs> they recognize Queen Victoria. Um, who's she again yeah and sir william gall who in alan moore's version is the the um the killer Mm -hmm. right the quintessential and and is this misogynist um who is struggling with his um his need to kill and his need to uh i don't know for for essentially kind of like self-fulfillment, you know? It's more for his kicks. Like, he gets his kicks out of but this. These, yeah, these are not necessarily um, uh, uh, reflections of the real people, and it was a popular opinion. Now most, you know, Ripper experts, as they're called, kind of don't like that theory that William Gall was the Ripper. Mm. Another name that comes up in the book that's really interesting is um, uh, Patricia Cornwell's um, choice. For the who Jack the Ripper was, which is uh, um, uh, where are we here? I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't, so I have to look at my sheet here. Walter S- uh, Sickert, who was a painter and actually painted some gruesome paintings around that time and had a lot of art studios, and they think he it's it's a weird theory as well. Um, and I I love the use of that character in the film where he's almost this like baby courier, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, not in the in the film in the in the book as well. Um, so it's pretty clear right off the jump that uh, as much as they're 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 kind of they're taking a a story and they're going well what if you know what if the whole police department is in on it what if uh royalty is in on it what if uh what if it's this giant cover up of yeah the, of and there's the, the only century. one that doesn't know is the detective mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know and we won't go into the differences between <laughs> yeah that's gonna take us forever you know, yeah Aberline in the um book and and then Johnny Depp's fucking you know hard on poppy for, seed smoking uh, character and his hard on for uh <laughs> Heather Graham. Yeah, you mentioned off air that you weren't very happy with Heather Graham's performance. Not really. Like it's there's like it's bled to me. Mm-hmm. It's like here's a role I get to be kind of sort of a, like a mother hen prostitute and yeah. That's it. She's very dull. I just don't feel that there was much there to offer her. Like I said off air, I, I felt that it was just like they sh- she showed up the first day and, and they were just like, be lovable. But there's also, like they could say the same for all the other actors involved. Yes and no, because there are some, there are some clear character choices that are fucking cartoony as all hell. But, uh, you know, and, and someone probably out there is screaming at, at, you know, at their car radio or their... Um, iPod or iPhone or wherever they're listening to us on that it's a comic book movie, but like, uh, not really. And no. that's my whole that's my gripes with it is just that you know this is lore that a lot of people, including myself, kind of are are fairly studious about, and 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 then you know you you but then you borrow a story that's written as a as a completely separate message, just with with the the Whitechapel murders as a jump off point. And you don't service either fan base. Yeah. You just, you know, you just put fucking Jack the Ripper, you know, in in the title or not in the title, but like on the fucking poster and mm. cross your fingers. And yeah, you know, the movie made 
uh, more than twice what you know it's 35 million dollar budget and then made 74 million dollars worldwide or over that i think it was marketed as instead of a comic book movie more of a horror film yeah exactly Yeah, I mean, I think with From Hell and uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, both of those are are the only two that I didn't I didn't recognize as a more work prior to to really doing the you know doing the reading, doing like the research on it. You know, mm-hmm. um, From Hell especially uh, really doesn't come off that way. You no, know? it it really, um, especially it being such you know just a, a timeless story outside of uh, outside of Moore's work, right? Like, yeah, uh, he, that's the good thing about Moore is he takes like a a, a well known story. And he'll twist it to his mm. own version. Yeah. He does it with Batman. He's done it with the League, especially the characters in the League, how they're... You want to use that as a segue into the League? Because I'm, I'm well... already getting real fucking pissed off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> might as well switch into League. But yeah, it's a, he puts his spin on the League as this powerhouse of old literature characters. Yeah, and, and it just, this is why I don't connect with that one now too. And like, you know, four and four and five on my list are interchangeable. Yeah. Like, where have you got League on your list, gentlemen? Dead on the bottom. Yeah, dead bottom. last. Dead okay. bottom. And it's uh, it's so sad that Sean Connery's last role he ever did. See, like, this is actually re- uh, refreshing, by the way, because we haven't had a negative opening for a while. So now I'm all happy that we have a negative opening. Well, it's a, it's good to vent and bitch, especially yeah. some things. Oh like man. I mean, fuck off the opening start of seeing Sean Connor in the film. Where's your sense of patriotism? God shaved a queen. That's just patriotic as it gets around here. And yeah. Then, and that comical he, fucking fight in the, the pub. Oh, fuck. Just <laughs> stupid. He spears a guy through a rhino on the wall and hangs him there. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> and the flag falls over him. Come on. And then he walks out the bar. Bruce Matilda. You know my, fi- er, and I say favorite with a great deal of sarcasm. My favorite mechanism used in this movie is just a quick cut to these fucking bombs that are arbitrarily placed everywhere. Just, just you're, you know, they're walking out. It just cuts for a second to a fucking bomb on the floor ticking. No one notices. <laughs> yeah. And then the building blows up. Later on, you know, the they're, they're in the fucking submarine, which is a whole other level of problems story. for me. The, again with the fucking bombs and like as they're like the bombs are about to the, go um then it cuts to all these shots all around the fucking ship of just these little boxes ticking again it's like you have a crew of how many people didn't see this fucking ticking box <laughs> and only one can... guy and only one guy's picking it up and it's his alter ego it's hide it's like come on stop this it's killing me yeah you tell these people like there's bombs on the shit let's get the fuck out of well, here he doesn't know he just knows that that stupid record player which they refer yeah, to as I'm... an audio disc but dr jekyll's <laughs> looking in the mirror you can see hides like Make yeah, it stop. Make I wouldn't it stop. listen to Hyde either. Oh, fuck. Hyde, Hyde yeah, did his part. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. He's yeah. got a fucking car while everyone's horse and carriage. Yeah. Well, Nemo's name is Ishmael. I know, but they drive a car. Yeah. The car. I forgot about the car. The car's pretty the fucking bad. The only thing that I... The only thing I, I call l- it a automobile. Mobile. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. The only God. thing I thoroughly enjoyed was the Invisible Man. As comic yeah, relief, yeah, like yeah, he was good. the best in one of them all. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I wanted to mention, um, I don't like this kind of thing, and why I never uh, read the fucking Moore 
comic and why we'll it never watch the movie again. Is taking characters, that yeah, are sourcing characters from other places and 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 just jamming them into one situation. Like, what if is is that cool? Or like these reimaginings with like Frankenstein with fucking abs and this kind of stuff. I I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't do it oh, for you me. You don't like a sexy Frankenstein? Well, What's your yeah. problem? <laughs> Well, and 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 even like I again like it, I wouldn't change my mind if it was Frankenstein with huge tits or you know anything else. Just now, there's a movie. There's a movie. Yeah, some some movie executive somewhere right now is just like writing this shit down. What about the vampire check? Like, I mean, come on, Wilhelmina Harker. Like, you couldn't pick a hotter fucking broad. Like, <laughs> like seriously, like. I'm going to get so many fucking text messages about that comment. I don't give or a not te- shit. Um, like, seriously. Um, tweets about that and, te- I mean, and text messages. I'm sorry. This is sexist, right but I mean, you're trying to make this girl seem to be like... She's cute, man. She's cougar-esque. <laughs> and not in the good way. It's like well, the desperate... Uh, for people who live around here know what Dirty Martinis is. It's a desperate cougar at Dirty Martinis who's a vampire going to suck the I blood. I think that that's the worst thing that anyone said on the show since Dave said, uh, <laughs> shouldn't he have a hotter wife <laughs> in the Terminator episode? <laughs> so, yeah. There's so much wrong with this I'm going to have to deal with both people I know and people I don't know fucking threatening me this week. So thank you for that, Nick. It's all right. My Twitter <laughs> handle will be going up. I, yeah, I'll, yeah. I accept yeah, all... Yeah, send t- those fucking... I accept- Lanes, you sexist pig, to uh, at gingers underscore revenge. <laughs> Bring it the fuck on. And besides, you will complain that this movie is shit too. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, you know, again um, with this one, I like I saw trailers and things like that leading up to it, and it's just like, I, like I thought this, I this was like a Hollywood appropriation of these characters. I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware again of, of um, yeah. Of, uh, of more and and you know what I I might have actually liked it more had I known that prior going mm-hmm. into it but I doubt it yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure we all watched it because it's like Sean Connery's in it it's kind yeah. of badass yeah <clears throat> one thing uh, about this film too is that when I watch it uh, which I had to unfortunately <laughs> in preparation <laughs> for this episode burned into my corneas because <laughs> I couldn't remember anything about it I already have the same problem again it's hard for me to hate this film because I don't care about it. You know, um, and it's the same way with the the uh, comic. Like, I have no emotional response when I see, like I said, a bunch of classic yeah. literary characters and, and then just arbitrarily a pseudonym uh, uh, thrown in somewhere. Right. Like it just it's the whole thing is weird. Um, and and I, I don't subscribe to that. kind. Of, but there's nothing in the film that overly pisses me off. It's just that it. I don't, uh, I, I really don't. I will say this, it did feel like it was a rush job. Oh, really? You remember uh, the asylum picture? <laughs> oh, shit, yes! Okay, is that what it's supposed to be? I guess so, I guess so. <laughs> okay, so you guys, if you're, if you're not watching the video, Devin just... Uh, took our, our 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 list of actors in in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and he pointed out, okay, so the year that uh, the year that uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Crystal Skulls came out, uh, Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a there was a an asylum film that was trying to quarter the market that came out at the same <laughs> time, and that film was called Alan Quartermain and the Temple of the or and Temple of the Skulls, just Temple of Skulls. Oh, and Temple of Skulls, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll I'll be honest, I didn't rewatch this movie leading leading up to. I, I, I uh, did the not podcast. either. I will admit, I and, did not. 
And I, I think the the only times that I've ever seen it, I've made it maybe a like a quarter or a half way in, and then I just started doing something else. Yeah, but like, it's just you don't care about it. It's not just, just bad. You fall asleep halfway through. It's like you wake up at the end. It's like, oh, I didn't miss much. Mm. How long is this movie? Yeah, like it. it I do. I feel like like. I think we have it. No, we don't. We don't have it. Who cares? Eight hundred years long. Don't it is. It, it does feel really <laughs> yeah. long. It's a it, like I said. They kind of went to more style. Slow burn. <laughs> In this case, you're torturing us. Yeah. There's one great old man moment of Connery um, in the hallway when he's talking to Captain Nemo, and he's uh, he's delivering his line, but he's just rocking back and forth on my feet. <laughs> I, he is like a, the best is like, and it's I, like you can just tell he doesn't want to be there he just wants to go home and sit in his chair and in front of the fire and I feel like he's put pissed a blanket off the on entire his film yeah. like he's just giving Shane West shit the entire time he's like when is the check coming that's what that's, and that's all he does the whole movie is he gives this kid shit the entire time yeah that 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 is one of the the better uh more more kind of emotional connections that you can make in the film is kind of that surrogate son situation that, yeah. that he's, he he has with uh, it just doesn't deliver Sawyer, it, but, yeah. it's too late by the time like it kicks in mm-hmm. but yeah i don't i don't know it's just it's, we, it's we a could shit spe- show. We, we could spend hours bitching about this film yeah i know? think we should move along gentlemen yeah is that all right because i'm already fucking tired okay <laughs> From this shit. Or, okay, so we've Let's dealt get with into we've, the better ones. We've dealt yeah. with the bottom two. Yeah. What is your third? What is your middle movie in his film series? It, I think it's Constantine across the board, right? Not for me. Okay. Well, yeah. we're not. Then we're not talking about whatever movie you're saying because Constantine <laughs> is next chronologically. I think chronologically, so. but for it's me. either we're either doing Constantine or uh, or V, and we might as well just get Constantine out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so quickly, uh, this one sits right in the middle of everything on the uh, in terms of uh, its ratings, pretty much across the board. Six point nine on IMDb, fifty percent, uh, which means nothing on Metacritic. But it, 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 even the reviews that are somewhat positive aren't that positive for it. I think they misunderstand what it is. But I think it's a film that's found its audience after you know DVD release. Um, Actually, it's found a better audience on the smaller screen. What is that? Score 46? 46, yeah. Fuck, man. 46 on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm pretty sure like this yeah. is a series that found its niche on small screen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even then, the show did get canceled, but there was hankerings for it to be brought back into the DC universe with other shows, like have him as a guest character. And well, yeah, work. there is one, yeah. I, I think it's one example. Well, of... no, it got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> but then they brought him into like the other, other like, okay, shows. It's like, yeah. okay, we'll put you on Arrow and Flash, and we'll have yeah. you as a guest. And it worked. Yeah, it works. I think it's one example out of all of these that really is, you know, an Alan Moore-based character in a comic book film that's that's really in, intended for a comic book audience. It's yeah. not adapted for the mass market, no, really. No, not at all. And ironically, and it's the only one that the source material is not his. It's not his, actually his. his. Not yeah. his. Yeah. yeah. Swamp Thing is his, but I mean, the character... Well, Swamp Thing isn't his either, yeah, but, but he, he wrote put, for it. He wrote it, but and, at the same and time... And introduced the character, character yeah. But yeah. Most people will know the writings as another another writer in the comic book world will write this character in different storylines. Yeah, it's Ooh. no different than anything else. And he's done... Even Neil Gaiman's wrote him. Yeah, yeah. Sandman, volume one. <laughs> um... I like Constantine. Where do you guys sit on the? You know, it's right in the middle for me, but I like it. It was yeah. odd casting 
we'll say there was a there's some parts where I was like, this is odd casting. Shia LaBeouf's the taxi driver. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Shia LaBeouf. The what character do you think of don't him ask like, me about Shia LaBeouf. Oh, <laughs> what do you what do you think of him in this movie? He's too talkative for the character. Okay, I believe the character was more like I'm going off the TV version. Like I could I've barely read Constantine. But I've never like, I, out of all people sitting at this table, you've never read Hellblazer. No. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> the character himself is fuck very man. Like, I even have a couple issues of Hellblazer. Oh fuck. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't see him as a proper fit. I totally forgot that You'll... Gavin Rossdale is in this. Yeah. Movie. Gavin he... Rossdale. Yeah. Of Bush. Bush X fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bush X in Canada. Bush everywhere Bush else. Everywhere else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Uh, who else we got? Uh, Rachel, Rachel Weisz. Weiss. Yeah. Oh, I knew yeah. you were going to say Rachel yeah. Weisz. Absolutely. I Daniel. knew that your eyes were going to just stop on Rachel <laughs> Wise and not and not care. To this day, I'm like film. Daniel Craig. You're a lucky <laughs> bastard. And him and her, she has that scene where he dunks her in the bathtub. Yep. <laughs> and he you fall. know that they white t-shirted that on purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Unfortunately Hit for the butts me, I, on the seats. Unfortunately for me, I only get the cut versions on television. <laughs> The choice of uh, Peter Stormare as the devil. We've talked about oh, yeah. uh, he's, a number of times. Comes, Peter hey, Stormare Lou. is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. oh, my Stormare God. is is the absolute man. Tilda Swinton. As great as Gabriel, Incredible. yeah. Oh, I loved her as Incredible. Gabriel. Incredible. Yeah, just mm. fantastic. And, and <clears throat> He's a vengeful bitch, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're really not uh, doing very well with the female audience. Well, no, like, she's a strong character, but like when she... No, she's amazing. She's, she's strong. Like She kicks the shit out of Keanu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, like she just beats the shit out of him. The, um... But she gets hers in the end. Yeah, she does get hers in the end. And she, But uh, that... Uh, that's one of the really compelling relationships because he completely trusts her. He completely uh, he takes her as at her at her word. Yeah, every mm-hmm. every fucking time because that she's that they, supposed to speak for God. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's so interesting. Now, one one complaint I hear fairly commonly about this film is that it does it does go a little bit. Um, too far into almost a cartoony undertone with like him slamming his elbows together to to like unify the the star and all of this shit and and uh, and and like the whole uh, sitting in the chair and zapping him with his uh, with the water and all of the stuff. Visually, like, I enjoyed it. I did too, especially uh, when the lights go out on the street and then he just looks up and he's the only one who can see these things. Yeah, it's although like, it does look like a movie that has effects from the early two thousands. Yep, yeah. you know they push together for the mid two thousand. Demon gun, yeah. <laughs> but the best, I think it was like almost. It looked practical, but I guarantee it was CGI. But Rachel Weiss being pulled through the building. Oh, that was fantastic! That's one of the best scenes in the film. Yeah, and he's yeah. just chasing her through the entire building, trying to catch her. But he has this moment where he gets to the end of the building. He's just kind of like, ah, fuck it. And he does he spark a smoke? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm already, I'm winded. Let's just see. That's what I like. I'll about get the, her another That's what day. I liked about the film version, like the cable TV. It's like we can't have him smoking, but you can see he's got the itch. Like every five minutes on the show, he's got an itch for a smoke. He's like, yeah, just pull a pull a Sherlock, put a. a a nicotine patch on him? <laughs> Not even a nicotine patch. He's just flicking a, a Zippo. Oh, is he? <laughs> oh, okay. That's interesting. Any final thoughts on on any of these three gentlemen? Let's let's take a break in a moment, but let's air our gripes on the the three that sit at the bottom for you and I, Devin, and then I guess is number two, obviously, then for you, mm-hmm. Nick. Yeah. yeah. So, any final thoughts on on from Hell, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, or Constantine? 
I mean, I, again, I think the only the only failing of of Constantine is that it that it was it was really, um, you know, I I feel it wasn't it wasn't um, made for like a mass market audience. No. Like I was saying, I like it's believe. a it's a comic book film for comic book people, and that's not a, you know that that's a hit against it in the ratings. But I I don't think that takes away at all from my from my personal enjoyment of the movie. Like, yeah, that's true. I thought it was great. I thought it was a fantastic movie. It is. It is. It it has found its audience, like we said, on the small screen. So I don't. So I don't want to say it's you know, bottom three per se. It is pretty high contention for you know for for. Yeah, there's a pretty vast space between fucking from Hell League and uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Fuck man. Yeah. Oh god. (laughs) All right. So we're gonna come back and we're going to uh, knock down what I assume will be the two. Well, I'm I'm not even gonna allude to where they sit. We're going to come back and knock down the last two films uh, that he's, uh, you know, responsible for the the writing behind Alan Moore. And uh, maybe also just touch on The Killing Joke a little bit. Maybe oh. some honorable mentions before we wrap oh, it up. Absolutely. All right. Hey everyone, good news. Our full website is finally up, and while we're still working on it, we wanted to remind you to visit us there at moviesfrommylife.com. Uh, we're populating it as we speak with all sorts of cool movie-type things. Uh, so yeah, moviesfrommylife.com for even more of us. Well, we'll not be friends anymore by the end of watching it. Oh, fuck. Wait till you hear my rants. Okay. Yeah. Is it going to be more sexist shit? Because no. yeah, that's, what, that's what the show needs. I'm going to go straight for the head of this. Yeah. My problem with Watchmen is that none of the girls' tits are big enough. <laughs> Train. It's there. Okay, so we're back, and um, as Nick pointed out, <clears throat> there is a train passing. So if you uh, want to be entered for a chance for me to win something, or buy you something. For, for me to win something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still from the between Go to a website with a contest and just fill and sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you want to win something from me on my birthday... Um, email me at trains at moviesfrommylife.com. Uh, tell me the name of the episode that you heard the train in, which in this case would obviously be the Alan Moore episode. Uh, or you can reference the number, and uh, you'll be entered for a chance for me to win something. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's, my bir- it's my birthday, damn it. I better I'll buy get something. you something on my birthday. Fuck this. Let's go. Right. And if you want to win something for me on my birthday, then send me something. Yeah. Just send it to me. Okay. A little sexy overtone on that one. Just send me something. <laughs> Just slide it right in. <clears throat> okay. So, um, <laughs> next on the list is uh, is B for Vendetta, 2005. Also, same year as Constantine. I don't know which came. I don't have the exact dates. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. It's it, To me, on my list, it's number one. Uh, it's number one on mine. It's a close number two for me. Really, I mean, it's wow. it's a very yeah, it's a tight race. Okay, uh, up there, but but um, yeah, yeah, amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Good God, very close adaptation. Uh, with the ex- mm-hmm. you know exception of obviously like um, the radio is now TV. TV, so instead of being like the Voice of London and so forth. So, or he's still a voice of London, but he just doesn't. He's on TV, yeah. um, these sorts of things. So, uh, and and obviously, again, like uh, Evie isn't a prostitute, 
on her first night on the job, she's yeah, going to meet for... Stephen Fry's character, yeah, to to bang him, pour herself up for free, yeah. So <laughs> slightly better somehow. Oh, um, one line, it's like you're going to Big Daddy Dietrich's house tonight. Yeah, yeah. Dietrich's... You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be able to walk home, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, Dietrich is great too. I oh, yeah. I love the uh, when you find out or when he's he's doing the same the eggy in a basket in the kitchen and and uh, that uh, that um, V made for her while she was there and and um, and and he says like oh well it's very simple why well, I'm cooking the same thing for you it's because I am V. Viva la revolution, you know, like those little, it's so good. Um, he he has such fantastic timing in this film, Stephen Fry. Uh, obviously, he pops up in a lot of films. Super quality character actor. I can't even think of a film that I didn't absolutely love his, his character in. Yeah. Casting on this film alone was good, too, as well. Yeah. Yeah, this was done by the way. I think this was produced by the Yeah, Wachowskis the Wachowskis well. wrote and produced it, and then they, the director is their second unit director from... Uh, from the Matrix. Bullet time with knives. Yeah, yeah. Great, great, aesthetically great movie. Um, it's so interesting, too. Uh, one one thing that I love about this film also is that John Hurt gets to be on the other side of that, uh, you know, that struggle, if you will. Because obviously he, he plays Winston in 1984, which is a very close subject matter. And, and conversely, one. now he is the, the head on the view screen. Yeah, he's Hitler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's pretty much Adolf Hitler in this film. Yeah, Without because the, like, well, yeah, you, mustache, he's Hitler. Yeah, you don't um, you don't mm. know that initially, but obviously, then it comes out, of course, with the mass genocide and all of these yeah. things, and or rather, the killing of uh, of students at, at a handful of schools. Natalie and Portman, bravo! Yeah, yeah, getting into character by actually shaving her head. Yeah. Mm. Well, I bet probably was a provision of her taking the role. Like, you have to shave your head. No, I'm pretty sure she chose to shave her head. Like, they, well, could, they, they could bald cap it at that point. Like, like makeup came a, has come a long way. I don't know. I, th- I, I, yeah. yeah. I appreciate it, though, definitely. I concur mm-hmm. with you that... that um, Especially to get herself into the role of this character. Like, yeah. torture yourself. Shave your head. I think this is one of my favorite of hers up there. I like Black Swan. I, I think she's good in that, although I don't think that she's the best in that. Um, uh, I like her in... Well, I'm not going to go through every fucking movie she's ever done. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is one of my favorite of hers. One that I'm really... I, I always love revisiting for her specifically. I think her performance is fantastic. I also love Hugo Weaving. I think his vocal delivery is fantastic. Obviously, we all know the story that he was... He wasn't the original actor cast. <clears throat> but yeah, great vocal delivery. Um, just grants so much humanity to the character. And really brave in the fact that you don't see his face. Mm. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. and obviously you see him in the crowd at the end, but it's, it's he's just a guy in the crowd. It's not supposed to be V, right? So. He could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I there's so many things that I, I could go on and on about. Uh, the cast is, is spectacular top to bottom. And nowadays you still see people clamoring for a copy of the book and clamoring for a mask. It's like it's had its – Yeah, it's It's, it's, it's super... got a stranglehold on our society nowadays too. Like it's, Absolutely. It brought like, this whole thing in. Super culturally transcendental. And the great thing is, of course, that the graphic novel is literally the storyboards for this film, almost. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it came out at a pretty, pretty ideal time as well, just in in terms of like, um, you know, a, a political and social climate of mm-hmm. of just like, you know, um, the uh, Patriot Act 
Um, you know, just a lot of provisions for, for, you know, wrong, basically indefinitely imprisoning people, um, on, on, you know, very little required evidence. Um, you know, all, all of the, um, questions about, uh, free speech uh, and that sort of stuff that were, were going around at the time. Uh, it, it was, you know, it was the absolute perfect climate for this movie. And I mean, I think, you know, as evidenced by groups like... Anonymous, Anonymous that like used that the guy Fox mask. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, I wanted to bring up a quote of Alan Moore's, and again, I don't have it here, but when his review uh, or like his comments on the film were something to the extent of what you're saying, where he's saying like uh, uh, he didn't enjoy it, and that uh, he felt, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, he didn't enjoy yeah. it. So, but his thought is that it, it was made by a bunch of people who were too afraid to um, set a film with a political agenda in their own country. So they're trying to send that message, but they're just like, well, let's set it in England. And I felt like when I read that, I felt like yelling at my computer and being like, Alan, your book is based in England. If they're adapting your book, it's going to be in England. <laughs> Fuck, man. I, I love picky. I love picky. Read, yeah, yeah, I love reading his fucking comments on the films. That <laughs> should, he, you should actually watch just, some of his comments. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's... He's a character. I love him. You know, I I don't agree with a lot of his thoughts, but eh, he's interesting. You can't. Yeah. You gotta grant him that. He's certainly a, a unique thinker. This is one of the films that actually sticks out in social societies today. Like people, we, I see people wearing V masks at music festivals. Yeah, yeah but that's just kinda, because they're they're doing the like stone dumb face under it. You know, yeah. they want to hide that shit. <laughs> but um, in any case, any final thoughts on on V before we move on, gentlemen? Um, like I said, bullet time with knives. Yeah, that scene, that is, was, the fight scene is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think maybe... I think it was amazing, but it's like, okay, Wachowski's like... You, like it's, no. It's it, kind of the same shtick as The Matrix, the whole bullet time. It's like, you see him whipping a knife. Like, okay, oh, yeah, no. but <laughs> it's their crew that, that devised it, and the crew that are working on that, that literally did the, the work that was in The Matrix. So I have no problem with them using the same technology in another film. My problem is with all these fucking knockoff studios, you know, just doing slow motion and pretending it's fucking bullet time. Yeah. I don't want to be a dick about it, because, uh, you know, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. But, I mean... I wonder if the the again political and social climate didn't maybe up its importance. Yeah, yeah, importance. in in a lot of people's minds, like maybe you know maybe force those those ratings up a tiny bit because I don't know. I I mean you know I mean again it it's um it's just this little bear's opinion but yeah. watchmen pretty okay we're going to get into that but yeah. but before we do but, but uh, yeah i mean i guess there was one scene uh, in this film if you film take a look do enjoy it's the war museum the, the war museum when they're there and yeah. the detective's trying to figure piece it all together like he's got bits and pieces of a puzzle he has no idea what the hell he's got on his hands and then v meets him as like an old beggar and starts telling him the history of everything yeah, but he sends him a fucking email to meet him. It's like my employer sees every fucking email that comes into my <laughs> inbox, and this guy he he, he he alludes that he has to take out this fucking uh, device that device to block any bugs. But yet he's just reading his email and meeting up with strange people that he doesn't want anyone to know that he's meeting of, up would... with. You know, it, like there are some problems with the film there because of modern technology that wouldn't have been a problem with the more. 
actual uh, adaptation. Yeah, like if you'd done it straight, but again, it's, it kinda, it's not applicable to the timeline. Only because I, it only because I watched it the other night. Yeah. It kind of like the whole uh, all the president's men with deep throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's just like okay, meet me at this strange place. You come alone, good. Okay, here's the information. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so are we? Can I finish my fucking point now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> I got some bitching to do about the next one. Um, with regards to the um, your your point that maybe the the, the political um, uh, socio political climate affected how people related to this film, that may be the case. However, if you go back and you look at the Matrix now and you watch this film, the Matrix is already aging, and this film still holds up to the same extent that it did. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't I don't think it's an important movie. I want to be clear, but I think it's a damn good one, and I think it's a fun, fun watch. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I have it as number one for me. Same with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, Watchmen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You want to you want to intro this one, sir? Because it's you're the only one with it at number one. Um, I think in an era of um, you know, a, a lot of uh, superhero movies, um, none really properly highlight you know. Th- the struggle, you know, it's it's always a cartoonish uh, struggle with with like a character like a Spider Man or a Superman, where it's like, oh, my life is so hard, but like, yeah. not really. Like you're, you know, you're living in like downtown Manhattan or or you know downtown Metropolis, living a pretty good goddamn life. Like, yeah. and it's because you have a shitty apartment and your uncle's dead. And this movie kind of. Um, you know, it just, it just, fuck. <laughs> it's so, it's Some so, people don't have breakfast. Hey, leave know, Uncle Ben dinner. out of this, all right? Okay. It's so gritty and Which realistic. Um, Both, the rice and. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so gritty and realistic, like uh, um, the character of Rorschach, like a guy that is just so wrapped up in just. Realistic. Like, uh, the problems with society and and you know has this this um you know um you know this power and this responsibility that he just he he can't yeah you just get can't. past yeah yeah like, no, it's, he, it's, and it's great he is he is the best part of the film Jackie yeah. and no, um, Harley yeah. is probably the He's best character amazing. in the entire Haley. Haley. yeah um, I keep always saying Harley. I don't. Know. I don't. Know. Yeah. Oh well. And I even I liked you know the the um the Batman analog. What's his name? Uh, the oh, um, Night Owl. Night yeah, Night Owl. Night Owl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like so great that that you know he like <laughs> Fucking... he's he's just such like uh you like to see Dan's fat. White ass on the fucking <laughs> screen during the sex scene. But, oh my god! But he's he's but he just... was a fat guy who won. Like, come on! Yeah, yeah. he won. He won big time. I like how they're all kind of middle aged. Uh, yeah, because it's yeah, like they're they're in their cool. time. Cool. But he is also he's the guy that doesn't really have powers. You know, like a Batman yeah, or something just... like that. That just yeah. And and you know later in his life, like he's just he doesn't have that self confidence. Like he doesn't like he's he he knows that he's not. Yeah. nearly as powerful as any of these other guys and it it's like it's great to see yeah. you know he's not sure of himself halfway through yeah. the film too <laughs> yeah there's a lot of great things about this film for me i i relate to all of the heroes um that that fucking uh rape scene with the first silk specter mm-hmm. is is like 
that's an emotional fucking moment, you know. Mm. And the fact that she's, you know, the whole time that you see this, you see her trying to reconcile this and reconcile this fact with relation to her daughter. And like, there's that flashback with like, what do you call your your pal Eddie? And you know, at the same time, uh, that was the era. Like, if you look back to the first one, the first what the rape era? No, (laughs) you're you're, you're, you're three for three. Hold on, 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 hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. It was like the what is it? The forties and fifties. The first, yeah. uh, the Minutemen, as they were called, yeah, around yeah. the forties and fifties, where women were pretty much taking their cues from men at that time, right? Mm. So in her mind, it's like this happens, shrug it off, go back to everyday life. That was yeah. like the mentality of the time. Yeah, it's not yeah. like how it is nowadays, where it's like you get kicked in the nuts if you even try to pull something like this. It's yeah. not acceptable in this time period. I will say it. it's not. Acceptable. Shouldn't be hopefully, accept- hopefully more than a kick in the nuts. Yeah, incarceration. Yeah, incarceration and possibly death if this country ever decided that. And, or what is it? Medical cash and medical chemical cash. Cash. Chemical yeah, cash. Chemical cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get back on. The- <laughs> but yeah. Let's get back on point here. <laughs> you dicks. Sorry, don't spin this around on me. <laughs> I'm not three for three. I explained myself. <laughs> okay. Don't I'll... hate me, world. <laughs> Let's get Ten back to it. Let's... underscore revenge on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to be on the show again after this one. <laughs> oh, good thing we didn't do any episodes on, like, pedophilia or something. <laughs> You think a good thing it was on the Terminator. That's not episode. acceptable nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's just cut that whole section. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to at this point. We're gonna have oh, yeah, to. We're gonna have to. Oh, but shit. Uh, yeah, so you never said your point. Yeah, yeah. We just. But anyways, <laughs> my point you. is like the whole character of the the first Silk Spectre, Sally Jupiter. She shrugs it off and she just plays it off. And her daughter's like on her ass about it. It's like, how could you like a guy like this? He's a monster. Mm. He's a pain in the ass. Like, I want to beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. He is all right. And she's trying to elude she's, that. It's, it's, you know, she's like it's, hiding it. She yeah. doesn't want her daughter to know that that's her actual father. She doesn't want her daughter but, to like fall into this <clears> whole thing. <throat> so she hides it. Like, she bottles it all in. As well as many probably women from that generation have. I'm not it's only an assumption. Yeah, but that was the way. Oh, absolutely. But that's no, no, the no. way. Yeah. It's yeah. um. But yeah, it's a very emotional moment, and and uh, the the other one is obviously that whole opening montage, which I, I think is done absolutely beautifully. Um, you know, with just the. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of of like doing the the newspaper kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how that's done. I love how they kept mm-hmm. the, the whole they're changing. Yeah, with the Bob, Bob Dylan and, and Bob yeah. Dylan is a huge part of the, what makes the comic the comic. Like yeah. he took a lot of cues from Bob Dylan songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even one of them. Like if you read, like at the end of every chapter, I don't read a quote. So. Yeah, and like the best one for me was uh, all along the Watchtower, mm-hmm. and it just gets it does the line, and then like you see it word for word, and yeah. you see like a sort of thing on that. But yeah, I do have gripe. I have major gripes with this film. All right, so l- then let's let's get into that. Let's get into that because I want to hear the two of you fucking argue this one out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, do you want me to start? Please, please, please go go see see if you can uh, see, see if, if I you can... can insult some other people. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Zack Snyder, where do I begin? You bastard! Coming off three hundred, which was a huge stylized movie. It was style. It was pure mm. style over substance. Like, everybody was like, that's the greatest movie ever. Mm. 
Like the movie. Well, what sh- substance was in the original per se? Like in all in all series. In all series, it's like the, yeah, he's coming up graphic novel I mean, as like, a Frank as a Frank Miller art. Like as Frank Miller, he's always about he has more style, but mm-hmm. yeah, but there's movie. deeper Frank Miller. There's comics deeper comics, than, especially yeah. if you look at like the Dark Knight uh, Returns. Yeah, purely deep, but <clears> three hundred <throat> was more of his like hack and slash bullshit. Yep, mm-hmm. he took the same type of style. It's like let's stylize this entire film. And he does. Like you said, there's a realism. The whole opening scene where the burglar breaks in and they're like fighting over – like they're legitimately fighting. These people are not superhuman. They're mm. mortal men. No, those, yeah. those two are. Those two are superhuman. No. The comedian yeah. – The and comedian Oz- is, is freakishly frong, uh, strong. And, Ozzy and Mendes then, is uh, technically is a trapeze artist. He's a sort of a gymnast, like this world-renowned Yeah, but the way that he's played off in the, in the film, he's, he he's, thinks he's a god because he, he takes the operates name of, at a really high level. He has, high, super, he has super and, high intelligence, and, but yeah. yeah. So, so the, the realism of it doesn't think like they're throwing knives, catching knives. I think it's super stylish. I, I think he had he had so much more content to work with, though that the style the style is is he what had, he brought to the table. I mean, a screen the original a book who, who is the screenwriter? Like that's you know, but the original book itself. Really, I mean, there's too much content. To even yeah. to even make a film at, and he he shortened it. There's a there's amazing points in the book, like the whole background, mm. like the whole story is like they're before Watchmen, uh, the Minutemen storyline. Yeah, but I think I I mean you can't get into that so much. You don't have the the he amount of time, time. And, and what are you, and what are you going to cut out? But it the, takes the away story it takes itself away from the, the back. But it takes I away mean, from the story itself. It yeah, does um, take away from the story itself. And that's where I have my gripes. He takes away a lot of the meat that makes Watchmen so great. It wouldn't, like we said with Constantine, I will say for Watchmen, it is better off as a TV series. A smaller screen would work. I just want to point out that uh, when you ask me who the screenwriter is for this, it's Solid Snake. What? David Hayter is one of the screenwriters on oh, this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, the, and the other guy is uh, David C. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't, you can't, really blame the director for the content of the movie i guess is all so what, you want you want to get up in solid snake's face about this movie no you I, do? I think i think solid <laughs> snake did a great job i, I want alan moore to march his ass down to that set and like shit kick everybody like british <laughs> style like all right boys you're gonna get a fucking good kicking i think you know you honestly think that alan moore like would would do that i know he just he'd get out of bed and then he just gonna get back into bed you know he's gonna bitch from his armchair but well, i mean you you know you make a batman film and you can't criticize the 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 movie based on all of the all of the story arcs and things like that that aren't included right like i, I don't think that's a fair critique no it is I, I, I yeah but if it's a direct adap- it's, a, it's a direct adaptation I, absolutely okay but you have but to make the, cuts all right so let's go back to on for i mean i'm yelling at both of you now <laughs> so let's go back to the fucking uh the point that i made about from hell where I uh, and also that I talked about in the Blade Runner episode when I said that that in, uh, with Blade Runner, yes, the story has changed a ton, but uh, emotionally and um, and um, you know uh, philosophically, the story has achieved the same thing, and the same uh, and then the opposite applies to From Hell, where they they claim that it's an adaptation, right? But the problem is that it doesn't go into any of the same. Um, you know, subcontextual uh, uh, philosophy that is in that book. They miss the whole point. They miss the mark. So, so does Watchmen 
hit the mark with you know does that movie feel like Watchmen for one and does it uh and and is it does it do the same things for you emotionally does it hit the same uh touchstones of the era does it does it make you think the same things does it serve the same purpose he's calm the hell down <laughs> well you guys are fucking yelling so i want to get in on it <laughs> to me Watchmen, reading wise it's a slow burn you take your time you read every aspect of this book because mm-hmm. there's so much content with the movie it felt really fast paced start to finish it's a long movie don't get me wrong mm. it's kind of long yeah but i mean it felt like by the time like it's like where the hell did the time go but i mean this 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 is an example i would say the best example of a comic movie movie uh, that isn't really built for for a comic book audience and and yeah you it's know, built of, for of, a general audience it's yeah. it's it's made to be to be a mass market movie and and mm. god to achieve so much with with a franchise that basically nobody you know, was was too aware of beforehand, right? Like they, I mean, yeah, like diehard is, is, comic fans it, were, and that was it. Yeah, um, and and um, and now it's all over the place. Yeah, now they yeah. have like a prequel series that you can read, and it's just, and, uh, yeah. But I, 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 I mean, I, I just I can't. Um, I'm just gonna still find my stuff. <laughs> I'm just gonna I, still stick with the fact that maybe a movie isn't the best market for this but a smaller screen so your issue is that you're dissatisfied the, the, with the everything content, seems everything, synopsized it, it was pretty mm. it was pretty compressed yeah like it felt really compressed to me yeah don't get me wrong there are some visuals that do stick out that were exactly like the comic mm. especially the blood running through the jail cell mm. um the grease on the on the inmate's face but mm. there's well, there's a couple scenes with um rorschach and that counselor in the mm-hmm. jail, mm-hmm. and they cut a lot of it. But there's one where you see the toll that Rorschach story takes on this counselor, yeah, and it just ruins mm-hmm. his fucking life. Yep. It wrecks his life, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you don't see that in the movie. It's like this guy's story will fuck you up if you listen to it, and he's not even doing it on purpose. Yeah, but he, is that uh, isn't that a little something extra for those who have read the comics that they yeah, can take I mean, away I, from the film? You know, I I feel like this this movie is the conduit that gets you into you know mm-hmm. a, a comic series that wasn't really a mass market success to the well, same then, degree. Yeah, as at like the same a, time, you know. like look back towards Sin City, and I am bringing this one up. Mm. Sin City, word for word, picture for picture, was pretty much a straight adaptation. Like, yeah. Robert Rodriguez didn't give his uh, actors scripts. He said, "Here's the comic." Read it. Those are your lines, and try to mimic the movements. Try to get a feel for your character. I'm and gonna look was. into that real quick, by the way. It but then, but but is that fact check? It's a fact check. I mean, I do have the special edition DVD at home, and watching it, it's like here's your actual thing. Plus, having Frank Miller on set was a big boost to it as well. Yeah, but it, but you have an opportunity when you're making a movie to do. You know, to be transformative, and I don't, I don't think they did that with Sin City. I don't necessarily think it's a bad choice because I think stylistically, that comic is all about style. Absolutely, it's all about, that black uh, and white with that. Yeah, it was a and, huge and, visual. Um, Frank yeah. Miller has all about his, he has yeah. his visual moments. But I think, um, but with more for me as a writer, he's more substance based. He's slow burn. He just well, gets it all out there. Here's a here's another one that we did talk about briefly before getting into uh, uh, the episode, but. I personally, I've I've read the book, I've read uh, graphic novel, or whatever you want to call it, uh, and I've seen the movie. Um, and the ending of the movie, 
makes even more sense than it, it, it's 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 actually in the context of the story. It, it whereas a giant octopus monster doesn't doesn't accomplish the the end goal really. I, I thought the rewrite for the ending was was yeah, genius. Yeah, I, I it, thought it, it was interesting how they turned the whole like they turned everyone against Doctor Manhattan, and then so yeah. as a result, he's he is uh, no longer you know can he can no longer stop this, and even with him coming back, he realizes that you know. No, he knows but like that's the whole point of the book. He knows he can't stop this. Yeah, it has to happen for something for peace. That's the book too. Yeah, but I would love to see that giant octopus monster. Seeing really, that, really would, want to see a giant squid take. Yeah, uh, that would be incredible. But uh, but I mean, the whole point is is that is you know rallying uh, the Soviet Union and the states behind just the idea of of, of a, a common enemy. enemy. Yeah. And and a giant octopus doesn't really do that as much as turning it on the superheroes themselves. You know, um, I. I well, on one, one specific, case, yeah, yeah, yeah. who can just chill out on the moon or yeah. something, yeah. yeah, or on Mars, Mars, yeah. yeah. But um, and and then what that creates for um, you know, for that, like that that whole ending. Oh God, oh God, the feels, all the feels in there. It just uh, you wouldn't get that with the original ending from from Gotta the say, comic, and and you get that from the movie so much. The casting it delivers. was a great choice too, as well. Yeah. Like I will say, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, yep, incredible yep. as a comedian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nailed fantastic, it. Nailed fantastic. It. The only two that I believe nailed it the best for character wise would probably the comedian mm-hmm. and Rorschach. And Rorschach, yeah. Everybody else seemed just a little off. I, mean, I don't know. I like Billy Crudup as. Uh, Fucking Doctor Manhattan. Manhattan, yeah, yeah. That or just like the blue. But players. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you like, like the big blue demon. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys see this movie in theaters, or you waited till after it was released? No, uh, I, saw I, saw it in theaters. Theaters. I saw it in theaters. I saw it in theaters. I remember sitting in theaters, and there's these road girls just behind me. I was by myself. I'm like, fucking nobody wants to go see this. I'm gonna go see it on my own time. I go as soon as you see Doctor Manhattan. Oh my god! <laughs> Look at that big blue thing. <laughs> Shit, shut up. It's a blue penis. It's a penis. You've never seen a penis before in your life? Yeah. The uh, scale is slightly more than that of, uh, of Dirk in uh, Boogie Nights. Yeah. That's strange. That, well, well, no. I mean, I guess you don't see yeah, you vaginas don't just, very often either. I no. Was but you definitely will see Bush. <laughs> or lack thereof. But something. you rarely see a blue cock. Yeah. yeah a blue cock is definitely... <laughs> It's, yeah, it, it's a sight to behold. If you uh, if you're looking for Bush, the the Alan Moore adaptation though that you want is Constantine. That's <laughs> so got that's uh, yeah. got Rossdale, Bush X. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I Manhattan I thought was was great. I mean, for for a CG character, I mean, yeah, what, what, yeah. you know, really. But but I mean, you know, he, he... but I felt for him and all the flashback sequences. I thought. Mm. He had all the right points. I thought that that the vocal delivery was really tasteful. You know, it's um, meant to be like he's sad, like he's really like emotionally detached. Yeah, he's everything. just completely aloof. He's a blank slate. And it's just a, it's a single tone. But mm-hmm. when he's reminiscent, because he was uh, he's looking back all his flashbacks, there's just a tinge more emotion in his delivery, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting. You know, I. I I, I really, I really did want to hear a little bit more monologues, like internal monologues. Yeah, you don't hear that a lot. You just get the flashbacks, but like he does have a lot of monologue. Yeah, but is he, I, I'm not a proponent of monologues. There's a lot of films that are ruined by them. Frankly, you know, it's a film. 
It's not a book. It's not an audio book. It's not a podcast. You know, not a motion comic. Shut the fuck is... up. <laughs> there once was a man. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> do you want to take a quick break and we'll come back and wrap things up, gentlemen? That sounds good. Yeah, to me. Sure. Okay. Sure. That way we can all calm down, stop yelling at each other. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Okay, so I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to the Old Boys podcast. I've been arguing back and forth with them via the internet on all things movie-related over the past few weeks, so a quick hello to them. Also, a quick shout-out to some cats down in Georgia who do a really sweet show called Man Cave Theories. Uh, Their very first episode, they had this great talk with this lady named Birdie, uh, who was a victim of domestic violence. They had a really great conversation uh, I've been chatting back and forth with Jay from the show a little bit over ye old interweb. Super nice guy, so hello to them. Now, uh, if you want to check these shows out, uh, I don't have their info, but visit us on our SoundCloud page, which is soundcloud.com slash movies-ruined-my-life, because that's not hard to type out at all. Um, but yeah, type that into your internet machine and flip through... Some of the shows that we've been listening to under our like section, you'll find them both in there for sure. Uh, two great shows. I've been digging on them both pretty hard lately, and you should definitely check them out this week if you get a chance. Um, and don't forget to come back and check us out every Wednesday. And please continue to badger us on social media and whatnot. Uh, talk movies, music, books, all that artsy shit that we hold so near and dear. I love hearing from you guys. Okay, so we're back, and uh, before we wrap things up, uh, I did want to touch on something we were discussing uh, off-air, and that was, um, in in the Paul Thomas Anderson episode, we, we did a whole nother talk, just you and I, Devin, about how um, uh, filmmakers shouldn't fear um, adapting material that isn't suitable to a two-hour concept. Um Things like Hitchhiker's Guide, things like yeah. <clears throat> Inherent Vice, and so forth. On the road came up, um, and and one one thing that, that you said that was interesting that uh, we can kind of continue that conversation on a little bit is is it also the filmmaker's uh, responsibility uh, to be true to the source material, or is it just simply to make the best film? I uh, I mean I don't think it's necessarily. I I think it's easy to. Um, to take that comment out of context, I think. And all I'm saying is, is I don't to think be it's, clear. I did concur with yeah, you. Yeah. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily there. I think it's their responsibility. Absolutely. To stay true to the, the theme and, and, you know, um, like you don't, you don't just make your own movie and just throw in the characters yeah. of some other, um, you know, some other, um, media, but I, I don't think that, that was the case with Watchmen. I, I just think that they've they've adapted it in a way that that suits film, and in in order to do that, you have to cut a lot out. You can't necessarily be true one hundred percent to every bit of content that's in it, and changing the ending as well is is you know yeah. It's a matter of if it will work visually. I, I assume know. to a certain extent as well. Yeah, and and so I mean, I think I think it absolutely is their responsibility to stay true. Uh, to the content in terms of, of again, like themes um, and and uh, uh, things like that and, and, and the general idea of the story, but I don't think it's necessarily their responsibility to to 
you know, to to just basically take the 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 source material yeah. and directly you know it, it put that into film like yeah you know like a i mean sin city was one of the examples that we had talked about and that movie is 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 a shot for shot recreation but Absolutely, then what are you yeah. what are you giving to people that they couldn't get from yeah from the graphic from the novel. graphic novel right like i i mean it's uh, and there there's an argument you know for and against there i suppose I yeah mean, it, it definitely brought it to a wider audience but it worked. I, I, yeah, it worked really well, but but that's not to say that that it just seems a bit easy, doesn't it? Like it yeah. seems it seems a bit like um well you, know. you you'd want something different. Like for me, yeah. um I like the idea of especially for for books and 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 comic books and so forth that I am familiar with, I love being surprised yeah. in theaters. You know, obviously Marvel uh, in their universe, they've strayed very far. Some of it because of uh, you know rights issues, and some of it because of just you know um, uh, creating a new world that that uh, a film audience can can grasp onto. But Marvel has so much more content. Yeah, I, I was interested. Why I was laughing there, Nick, was uh, because I could, as as Devin was was speaking, I could hear you <laughs> breathing and just growing more and more heated. So I am interested in your thoughts on this. Well, I am a firm believer in that. The content that is written should be utilized. Yeah. Don't just throw... It's like, okay, don't just do a cut and paste. Like, we like this, we like this, we like this, but we don't like this. Mm-hmm. Like, pay tribute to the man who actually wrote the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... I, and I will say this. Like, either, you're not going to get it all in one shot. But mm-hmm. I do believe that source over... Source will make, create better substance than just half of it. Like, half-assing it, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that being said, Ellen Moore has stated like I don't want my name on any of it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want. And he doesn't. Anything. He doesn't want the money. He doesn't want the money. He's like, these are my books. You want to read them? Read them. But I want nothing to do with any of the pictures. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't want anything. Take my name off it. You want, yeah. You if you want to read it, read it. You want to watch a movie? Go right ahead. Mm-hmm. And that's where people do stand divided. It's like, is the book better than its counterpart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, you can make uh, an argument in either sense. I think that the people people inherently are are more connected to to novels and to uh, comic books and 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 some of the medium mediums where you can kind of um, fill in the blanks yourself. You can draw the picture a little bit in your own head. You can mm-hmm. uh, fill in what's in between the the frames of a comic. You know, but for me, it's like that subtlety. There's some certain subtleties in comics I won't necessarily translate to the screen that they will it'll hit the cutting room floor or it would just won't be in it entirely. Mm-hmm. Those little small scenes within a book make it its own thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier with the whole Rorschach and his uh, therapist. Yeah, the exchanges and, in the prison. The yeah, exchanges and how it affects this guy's everyday life to the point where his wife leaves him because he becomes so obsessed with. Rorschach and why he's like this and why can't I make him normal? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it does. It, that's another thing uh, is 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 deciding how how much of, of characters you really want to see on screen. You know, we've we've had two conversations about the Jurassic Park films now, mm-hmm. and um, and one thing that I I think back on when you say that is is for example um, is uh, is Muldoon. Who is a character that we all love, 
Clever girl. Yeah, <laughs> and has all these great moments, but he doesn't have the same level of moments. And you can say the same thing again with the doctor um, uh, that's, uh, you know, looking at the shit and the triceratops. And, yeah. you know, um, there are those hard decisions that a filmmaker has to make because I, I think that uh, a movie-going audience, just the same as a television audience or anything else, like the medium is... Uh, it. You have a very short attention span. Apparently. You have to grip right off the hop. Yeah, yeah. and you have to keep them. So I, 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 I recognize what you were saying about Watchmen in terms of the pacing being completely different than that of the book. I, I agree, but it's that that would be so hard. Like it is a long movie oh, as yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. If you've ever so. seen the motion comic, that thing is long. <laughs> it's a commitment, <laughs> and it's Alan. I think it's somebody reading it in like the style of Alan Moore. Yeah, it's like wow. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have, like, we're dealing with creatives on on both levels, right? Like, I, I mean, Alan Moore created the, the source material, but there's screenwriters involved and a director involved who you can't ignore as as having their own creative voice, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, and, but and in certain cases, they, like I brought up earlier when we were on break with Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, it's be mm-hmm. it's in development, but it's been stated by forever. It's been in development forever, but it's been stated by Joseph Gordon-Levitt that they're still waiting for Neil Gaiman to sign off on anything. Yeah, like he goes through revisions over revisions. He wants this thing to be perfect, and they give him the tribute that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like read this. What do you think? And we'll go from there. Yeah, and he'll sign off. He's like, okay, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. He'll go in with like twenty revisions. Okay, rewrites. Here you go again. He'll still. Yeah, it's like an editor in a newspaper. But to, to be fair, I mean, I mean, Gaiman and 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 Moore as well. I mean, they aren't filmmakers. No, and and, no. and that's that's an important thing that you need to to consider when when looking at at um, at a case like that, like or or at at you know any any of these these adaptations is that, is that Alan Moore might might completely disagree with with choices that they've made, but he's also not. He's not a director. He's not a screenwriter. He, yeah. He's he's writing for for a different medium entirely. And, yeah. And and that's not to say that that you know that that some of his some of his critique could be valid. But I mean, if you take you know, for example, the the ending of Watchmen that we, that we've already mm. already talked about, I don't think his version works. I don't no, think, not on the big screen. I, I agree with that entirely. Even in context of the story, I think it's it's an improvement. Mm. And and uh, I mean, there are people who will who will argue on either side of that, but but at the end of the day, I mean, uh, you know, you've got you've got creative people making creative choices, mm. and and they might not always see eye to eye on all of these things, but but yeah. In my we, opinion, with more, it's they only took the first layer of what is a many layered storyline. Mm. And here's where I fall. I I feel that the, that the there is no responsibility to take straight shot for shot, you know, uh, panels out of comics. I don't think that dialogue has to be sourced from uh, dialogue in, in books. I don't think that any of that is is important. What I think that's important is the energy and the spirit and and the uh, the point of the story. And and, and so, you know, I uh, we were gonna we were gonna talk briefly about the Killing Joke, and and I think you know, obviously. Uh, both uh, the the eighty nine Batman and Dark Knight kind of address and and source that that you know the Killing Joke that duality of of the Joker and 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 Batman that is discussed is a um, you know a, a jump off point yep. 
And I love both of those films. And neither of them are in any way. Well, there, you know, obviously there's the prison or the interrogation scene in mm-hmm. Dark Knight, but it's the energy that is the same, you know. And and so I feel the same way about about those two films as I do about the Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. You know, again, a more adaptation or not or, adaptation, but, but you know, hints they bore, of more yeah, hints within of more, the character. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and there's something to be said. Also, I I wonder. If Moore is taking this a little too personally, in the sense that like he's literally written for a handful <laughs> of comics for characters he didn't create, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind know? of. He's yeah. not, and he's not getting slammed by the creators of the comics like crazy. <laughs> no. They're just like they're just waiting for their royalty check I, in the mail. That's what they're doing. <laughs> I wrote Alan Quartermain. God damn it! <laughs> I I think you you just Alan, Warner, Alan Quartermain and the Skulls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. looking this up tonight. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Um I think I think it's it's um you know, I t- from Hell and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen aside, which I mean I really think are just just kind of um sign of the times. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to go back to that? I'm, I'm not saying okay. But I mean, in the sense of that was an era where everybody just yeah. bought up whatever. Comic yeah, they could find. exactly. Oh, I thought you but, were talking about the illegitimate uh, love child of the uh, of the, so- the Duke, uh, of the so- Duke so- and yeah, the Duke. <laughs> just, uh, just you know, those two examples princess. aside, and maybe even not those two examples aside. I mean, um, in general, I think I think um, the Alan Moore's abilities as a storyteller. Um, you know, have come have come through in in all of these. I mean, I mean, you couldn't have any of these these movies. I I don't expect that any of these movies would have would have just come about. Yeah. You know, uh, in, in in terms or or something something, you know, um, as in as enjoyable. I honestly um, think his... Alan Moore is so sour because of those two films. Yeah, yeah. he's just like you <laughs> fucked up two of my books. Well, he was very vocal about B as well, which is so interesting. That that he was so dissatisfied with it because it's pretty it's pretty loyal. Yeah. All things considered. Yeah, really. But he does have a valid point, I think, in that, you know, maybe there is a little bit of an under- undertone of, you know, trying to catch a wave of American society, like you said at the time and 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 uh uh he may he, he feels that it they did it in a, you know, kind of sheltered way, like protecting themselves from criticism. So it's mm. interesting. Yeah, I have yeah. to ask the Wachowskis about that. Yep, no way to really know otherwise. Um, wrap things up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, remember, this is just the beginning of the conversation. We want to continue it on with you. So uh, please reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at not Brandon Fleet. You guys want to offer up your Twitters? I'm at uh, yr underscore homeboy. Your homeboy. I'm at. <laughs> Gingers underscore revenge and don't hate me for my comments. <laughs> yes, I know. Nick is a Nick is a nice boy. He he he's a good 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 lad. He didn't mean anything by it. I'm just a little straightforward. <laughs> um, okay, if you're if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, remember to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or the podcatcher of your choice. Um, if you're Listening to us in podcast form, thank you. 
And uh, remember that you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, we usually put up clips from future episodes and some of the, the funny points of past episodes. And sooner or later, we are going to get around to actually doing video versions of, of all the episodes. But right now, there are audio-only versions and, and clips up of uh, all of the episodes up to this point. So check us out there. Follow us there to keep uh, up to date on what we're doing. Also, don't forget to check us out at our website uh, and yell at us there and uh, see what's up. And um, thanks for hanging out with us. to the final countdown. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Final countdown. Alright. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I understood. Just make it sure. Just make it sure. Final countdown. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting on this.